It's been a while since I've been up on this platform, and so it's just great to see you guys again. You know, I, I hope you never underestimate the power and the significance that you have on other people when you just show up to church. <laughs> Seriously, when you just show up, uh, one of the things that you do, obviously, is you make a pastor happy. Because uh, pastor's every fear is, is, you know, I'm going to show up to church today and it's going to be like me and two people. You know, because it's sunny and it's nice. And I just, it's so good to see you guys. Uh, I, I don't know if you all know this or not, but believe it or not, when pastors think about people in their church or a part of their church, they, uh, they do miss them when they haven't seen them. And so not every pastor gets an opportunity to get up here and look at you guys and see you guys. And it's, it's good. You made a good choice in being here today, and I, I'm glad you're here. So thanks for being here. If you don't know me, my name is Matt King, one of the pastors here on staff at East Point Church. And <clears throat> today, I'm going to be finishing up a sermon series of sorts. If you're not familiar with church, a sermon series is a series of sermons that go together and they connect on one point and build off of the next from week to week mostly. But uh, like I said, I don't, I, don't, I don't preach an awful lot. And so mine's kind of spread all over five months. I started one, you know, about five months ago and, and I've been continuing it. And today I'm going to complete this sermon series of sorts. And the, the entire sermon series has been on prayer. It's been this experiment on prayer. I don't know if all of you remember it, but what we did is we... We came up with this idea of trying to get people to join in an experiment on prayer so that they would see for themselves not just how powerful prayer can really be, how it really is powerful, not because we talk, but because God hears us and moves on our behalf. That's where the power is at. And we wanted people to be able to experience that for sure. But another thing that we wanted people to be able to experience in this entire sermon series is what it's like when you begin to enter into a relationship with God where you're talking. And he's talking to you, and you're listening, and you're talking to him, and he's listening. And when you are in a relationship with somebody, and you talk, and you listen, and, and they talk, and they listen, things can get better. It really can. And it can even get better in your relationship with God. And so what we've been hoping is that people would experience a closer, deeper, sweeter, and more important and significant relationship with God that changes them and changes everything about who they are. And that's what we've been trying to do. Now, for some of you, you might remember back... It all started when I handed out some raffle tickets. It was on a Sunday I had in first service and in second service. Raffle tickets were given out to every single person at the beginning of the service. And at the end of the service, I drew one out of a bucket and I had everybody pray for that number throughout the course of that week. How many of you were here for that raffle ticket Sunday? You remember. Do you remember what it was like when we had Pam Mitchell? And Kathy Wold on that video, and they were describing what it was like to have people pray for them for a week. Do you remember what it was like for you, praying for somebody that you didn't know who it was that you were even praying for? And I had so many of you coming up to me, dude, what was the story? I mean, what happened? Can you tell me about what's taking place? And I'm like, time out, just chill. I'm trying to get a video together to show it to you, and everybody's like, ah, I gotta see it. You remember that, right? Well, then we, we kept praying, and, and then we got these bracelets, and we handed them out to everybody, and we asked you, would you please pray? And every single time that you do, you're going to be praying for Team East Point, which means all the staff, all of you, and we specifically pray, God, would you blow somebody's life up? Would you just show up and just destroy them? Make them realize how much you love them, and he did that. 
And we made a video of Mackenzie and how she came to faith right here, sitting right over there in that church and came up walking up afterwards. And her life's been incredibly different ever since. How many of you remember that? Yeah. Evidence, more evidence. Last time I was speaking, I stood up here and I had a team of people come up. A team of people that, along with me, were going to be going to Guatemala. And I asked everybody, would you please pray? Would you please pray for us? There's so many things that are going on. There's so much stuff. Would you please pray for us? Well, we went to Guatemala. Obviously, you all prayed for us and, and we're back. And many of you have been asking, dude, what was it like? Can you tell me about what happened? Everybody's looking for more evidence. Well, today I want to talk to you a little bit about Guatemala, a little bit. I can't go over the whole story with you all. It would just take too long, and I know everybody wants to get out of here and go and enjoy their day, and I want, I want to do that too, so I'm going to make it brief. But today, that's what I want to talk about, is how much evidence there is that God has shown to all of us that prayer works, that prayer, that prayer changes us. Prayer changes us does. You can't get involved with God, talking to him and listening to him, and not have it change you. So, back to missions trips. Those change you too. <laughs> if you haven't been on a mission trip, boy howdy, there's nothing like going to a third world country that'll wake you up and make you realize how blessed you are sometimes, right? Those of you who've been on that, well, that's, that's what happens. And Change is something that we need. Change is something that is good for us. Change is something that every single one of us really have to have but I, I don't know that everybody agrees with me, so I just want you to think for a second. I'm going to give you one of those uncomfortable, awkward silences in the middle of a church service, the kind where you actually hear your stomach digesting, one of those silences. You ready? Here's the question. I want you to ask yourself this. Do I need to change? You know, when we ask ourselves that question, do I really need to change? There are many of us who would say, yes, of course I do. But at what cost? Well, I want to read to you a passage of Scripture today. It's in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. We're going to launch off of this passage here. If you have a Bible with you, please open it up to it if you know where it's at. If you have a Bible app on your phone, you can go to Romans while you're doing that, I will say that I'm going to have the passage up on the screen. If you want to follow along, you can. And this is a letter that was written from a guy named Paul to the church in Rome. So it's to the Romans. And this is what he says to them. Again, you can follow along with me. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. There it is. So what I want to do real quick is I want to point out three things in that passage right there that are extremely important to me. 
Now, I realize that all of you came here today probably because you were wanting a sermon or something like that was really important to you. Well, maybe that will happen, but if so, it's going to happen by accident because today the sermon was written for me. Every once in a while, we get to be selfish as pastors too. And so when I wrote this sermon, it was all about me. And here's the reason why. I have been along with you in this experiment. I'm the one who started it saying, hey, let's pray. Let's draw closer to God. Let's let God change us. Ha <laughs> ha, that's awesome. So I've been going along with it and everybody's been all cool. But I got to let you know something. As a pastor, it gets harder along the way when God starts saying things like, I want to change you. I want to do things in you. I'm certainly saying to everybody that I'm open to that, but when God actually comes to the point of doing it, well, we all get a little sideways sometimes, right? Well, we'll find out. I want to go through three points today that are so important to me. Hopefully, they're important to you as well. Here's point number one out of this passage there, Romans 12, 1 through 3. Number one point, giving our lives over to God so that he can do whatever he wants is the most sincere form of worship. I picked that out. Hopefully you did too. I'm going to read through that one more time. Giving our lives over to God so that he can do whatever he wants is the most sincere form of worship. Now, I don't know about you guys, but that's a little bit scary. I'm just going to say it. It's a little bit scary. When you think about what true worship really is or isn't, it goes beyond singing. And I'm not saying that singing the songs and doing everything that we have just done up until this moment wasn't worship. It is going to church is worship, reading your Bible and praying and singing songs. Those are things that are all worship. But something in this passage just jumps out at me, and hopefully you picked up on it too. It's when Paul says, I want you to give your bodies over to God as a living sacrifice. This is what you're supposed to be doing. Somehow, some way in my mind, that just seems to go beyond singing. That like... What he wants from me, what he wants from us, is something more than just a la, la, la and a good harmony. Those things are awesome. Those things are cool. I enjoy it. There's scientific evidence that says that when people sing together, it changes them. But the change that God wants from me, the things that God wants from me, is more than just a song. It's more than just showing up at church. It's more than just opening up a Bible and memorizing a few passages here and there and their exact address and location. What God wants from me is a life given to him so that he can do whatever it is that he wants to do with it. And that's scary. I don't care who you are. And unless you're just right now at that point of beginning your relationship with God and you haven't done that yet, then all the rest of us have already got that common denominator. All the rest of us have already supposedly have done that. All the rest of us have already supposedly surrendered our lives over to him like we just sang in that song and it said, come, do inside of me whatever it is that you want to do, take this body. That's the ultimate form of worship. That's what I pick up on this, which leads me to point two. To know what God wants to do with our lives or his will for our lives will require us letting him change our thinking. I'll read through it again. Point number two. To know what God wants to do with our lives or his will for our lives will require us letting him change our thinking. Another problem. Again, telling on myself as a pastor. I don't know about you guys, but if my mind thinks it, it makes sense. When my mind thinks it, it seems like it's a good plan. When my mind thinks it, my mind thinks it's the best plan. And so when my mind and God's mind aren't the same, I got a problem with God. 
Anybody else that way besides me? Oh, come on. Really? There's nobody? <laughs> this is a good time to show hands. I could use some support here. Okay. Looks like one-third of the room is honest. Either that or one-third of the room is screwed up like me, and the rest of you really need to be preaching instead of me. But here's the deal. My thinking is natural to me. My thinking is, is all I've really ever had. Sure, other people have come along in my life and tried to change my thinking. But my thinking is the baseline. It's the thing that seems most natural, and I think it's the same way for all of us. And what God says is, is Matt, I really need to, I need to change you, man. And here's how I want to do it. I want to change the way you think, because when I change the way you think, it's going to change the way you act. And when you, the way you act changes, that's a good thing, dude. And so I want to start with your mind. And that's a hard place, because in my mind, it's easy for me to think a certain way and therefore act a certain way, and it always seems right to me, always. But God says, that's not the case, Matt. I need you to change. I need to change your thinking. And we don't have to look just at ourselves for examples of that. We can go and look all over the Bible. You know that? We can look at the Old Testament. We can look at the New Testament. But let's, for a minute, just take a look at the New Testament. Some of you who are churchy people might remember some of the stories where Jesus had to change some thinking of people. One of them is when Jesus was washing the disciples' feet. He's washing everybody's feet. He gets to the last guy, and it's Peter. And Peter's like, uh-uh, no way. Stop that. You're not washing my feet. Get away from me. And Jesus is like, dude, listen, if I don't wash your feet, you'll have nothing to do with me. Jesus needed to change his thinking. Another instance, Jesus and his disciples are all walking along. They see this guy. He was born blind. And they're all like, so uh, Jesus, uh, so whose fault is this? Who's to blame? I mean, was it his parents' sin that caused their son to be born blind? What's the deal? And Jesus needed to change the thinking. Change the thinking on sin. He says, no, it had nothing to do with sin. I made him that way because I wanted to do a great and glorious work inside of his life, something that would bring me majesty and fame. He had to change their thinking. But one of my favorites, and the one I want to use as an example here today, is in Mark chapter 9. If you have your Bibles, you can quickly go there. If not, I'm going to have it on the screen. Mark chapter 9, starting in verse 33. This is what it says. After they arrived at Capernaum and settled in a house, Jesus asked his disciples, what were you discussing out on the road? But they didn't answer because they had been arguing about which of them was the greatest. He sat down, called the 12 disciples over to him and said, Whoever wants to be first must take last place and be the servant of everyone else. Then he put a little child among them, taking the child into his arms. He said to them, Anyone who welcomes a little child like this on my behalf welcomes me. And anyone who welcomes me welcomes not only me, but also my Father who sent me. See, I think that like the disciples, we kind of get caught up in that sometimes. I know I do. I get caught up in it. Not necessarily in the same way that they did in terms of thinking who's the greatest, but there are many instances in the course of my life where I will enter into praying with God or enter into some type of, uh, you know, I'm, I'm working on something in my mind and I'm, I'm looking for insight and direction from God. A lot of those things. And my thinking seems to be just spot on flawless. And then God will speak to me. Sometimes I'll use somebody else and he'll help to change my thinking there. And almost always the first initial thought for me is, is whoa, that's, 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 I, I wasn't thinking of doing things that way. And I'm resistant against it. And then God starts to come in and change my thinking and make me realize, Matt, 
man, there's your way of thinking, and it seems right to you, but then there's my way of thinking, and it seems wrong to you, or it doesn't seem to be as good. Matt, I'm the one who's right, and you're the one who's wrong, and I have to change this in you, and I need you to let me, and I need you to let me change your thinking. So first and foremost, Matt, I need you to be open up to this idea. Your thinking isn't as great as you think it is. Isn't that weird? Just sit and stew on that one for a minute. But that's what God wants to do to us. He wants to change us by changing the way we think. So point number three is what it leads me to now. Point number three, the thing that I, third thing that I'm taking out of this passage of Romans 12, 1 through 3. Changing our thinking about how we view ourselves and how we view God is essential to growth. Changing our thinking about how we view ourselves and how we view God is essential to growth. I'm going to read to you again out of that passage where Paul says, I give each of you this warning. I give each of you this warning. Don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves. Measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. So, how do you honestly evaluate yourself? I mean, do you ever take a regular inventory of how you're doing? And when do you do that? I mean, do you have it even built into your life as a routine? Is it the first thing when you, when you get up in the morning? Is that when you go, okay, God, I'm going to live this one for you? Or is it going to be, I'm going to live this one for me? I'm going to go with my thinking on this one, God. Or God, uh, I want to let you. I'm not quite sure how this works, but God, I want to let you. Change my thinking. If you want to change my thinking today, you know me, so what? The warning, don't think of yourself better than what you really are, is a good warning, and here's why. Because if I go into my thinking immediately, if I go into my day or it's the night as I'm laying my head down on my pillow, whatever it is, whatever it is for you, is your thinking, God, change me, really change me. Well, back to Guatemala. So the last time I was up here, I was asking you all to pray. I was asking for you guys to not necessarily literally hit your knees, but I was asking for you to, every single time you'd look at this little gray bracelet, that you would do something, that you would stop, you would take a moment, and that you would pray. That you would pray for me, that you would pray for the rest of that team going to Guatemala, you'd pray for the entire East Point team. And I was praying that what God would do is an amazing amount of work. In fact, I wrote a letter of prayer to God. The whole team did. Long before we went, we all wrote down on a piece of paper our prayer to God, and we put it into a, an envelope, and we gave it to one of our leaders, Brad, and then after we all got back, he sends our letters back to us in the mail. And so we have an example of what it was that we were thinking of prior to leaving in terms of our prayer to then compare to what God actually did inside of our lives. And I have a, my letter here. And I want to read it to you guys. Dear God, I know that you will show me more of you than I have ever seen before. Please shape and change me to what you want me to be. I would love to be used by you to do things that make you known. Please help this team to grow together and to learn to hear your voice as you lead us. I so long to watch all of my teammates experience what it's like to be used by you. I long to have the people there see our love for you 
and for each other. May our health hold up and may our work be effective. That was what my prayer was. Well, God answered my prayer. I want to show you a video. Take a look at this. Fallen, come catch me, you can't make me wait Stars in the heavens, watch out, cause I'm headed that way You came for me and made me new For all of my days, I will give you the praise that you do
<clears throat> you know, I love Team East Point. Always have. Um, man, I went over there with some serious health concerns, and I just knew that all of that was going to be taken care of. I knew that it was all going to be fine. I knew that God was going to answer every single one of those prayers, and he did. I asked that God would help those people over there to see our love for him and that, uh, that they would see our love for one another, and I, I believe we did that, and I expected all of that. And what I did is I, I went into this and I prayed, God change me and God do all your work and this and that and all of these things. And I took an evaluation of who I was and here is exactly what I planned to do heading into this trip to Guatemala. I am a pastor and I'm going to go over there and I'm going to serve needs. I'm going to see the need and I'm going to meet the need. And I can tell you what, as a pastor now for 10 years and growing up all my life in it, yeah, I, can get really see, I can get really good, really good at seeing a need and then meeting a need, and moving on to the next, and seeing a need, and meeting a need. And, and what God said was, is, dude, you are so done with that. That's not what I want from you. Meeting needs is not what a pastor does. And so what God did was, <laughs> what I totally did not expect him to do, and that was to make my heart fall in love with a group of people over there like I have fallen in love with you. I didn't expect that. What God did in me was he said, I don't want you serving people without loving them, man. I, I need you to love them. If you love them, you'll give them the greatest need that they ever have. If you don't, all you're doing is just, just stuff. I'm not about just stuff. I'm about love. And so I tell you all of this sermon today because I joined an experiment with you guys. I set myself up, and what God did was he just blew up my world, and he helped me to know as a pastor that my value in him, my value in him is not just serving needs, it's in loving people. That's what I want to put out to you. I want you to pray. I want God to change you. I want you to let him change the way you think about things. But if there's one thing I would love for you to start thinking differently, it's about team. And it's about what God wants to do with you on a team to love people, not just serve needs. There's a big difference between the two. Let me pray for you. Father, man, I, thanks. I mean, what, what more can I say? You just, you're so cool. You're so good. You do these things. We ask you to do them. It's not like we didn't think that you were going to do it. We just didn't expect you to do it in the way that you were, and yet you did, and you just, you're just so cool. I love you so much. You, you, you've just changed my world so much I, I, I want more yes there are times when I know all of us are like can we just be done for a day or a week or a year just stop changing me but your change is always so good Lord it makes us so much better it makes us more like you obviously and, and that's, that's good And so I want that for everybody here for everybody here Lord I don't know what kind of a change is necessary in their lives you do you can I don't know what it is that you do, but you see the hearts of men. You see our minds. You see what it is that we're thinking. And so you know where we need to change. And so, Lord, you can take my prayer and you can tailor it for every individual heart and soul that's in this room. Some here need to change because, quite frankly, Lord, they're just they're doing stupid stuff. They know it. And they need to change because they're hurting themselves. They're hurting you and they're hurting other people. There are others here, Lord, they, they don't know 
They really don't know. They're ignorant. They wouldn't know stupid if it ran up to them and smacked them in the face, Lord. But you can change people. You can help us to know without making mistakes and learning the hard way. You can change our hearts. And so, Lord, I pray that you change the hearts of every man, woman, and child in this place. Save them from their own stupidity and their own harm, their own thinking. Save us all. And if that's you, if you're the person right now who's thinking, man, I, I want that change. I, I want that now. Help me to get started on my change. It's, it's really simple. It's, it's a prayer I can make here. You can turn it into your own words, and you can make these words exactly yours. It doesn't matter. But if you are ready to accept Christ and say, Lord, I, I, I want you to be Lord. I want you to lead my life. I want you to change me. I want you to change my mind, my thinking, everything. If that's what you're saying right now, then... What we're told in the Bible is that God's Holy Spirit is given to you, and even right now at this moment when you are praying, you're probably feeling it. This Holy Spirit is marking and identifying you, and your life will be different. Your life will be changed, I promise. God, thanks. Thanks for what you're doing. Thanks for changing me. Thanks for always changing me. pray this in Christ's name. Guys, we're going we're gonna to stand. We're going to take an offering. If you're a guest with us and you're new with us and you want to give, feel free to give. You don't want to give, don't give. If you're a regular attender or a member here at East Point, I want to invite you to worship and sing with all your heart. I want to ask you to give in your heart as well and support the work of this church. And after this, I'm going to come back up and say a couple more things and then I'll, I'll dismiss this. So I got this really cool book from a good friend of mine. It's called Epic Grace. And uh, he said this really remarkable thing on page 210, chapter 21, said this, change is everywhere, change is inevitable, and change is God's plan for you and me. Amen? Amen. Amen. So I encourage you to pray for change in your life. A couple things before you guys go. First of all, we have communion available at both sides of the room. If you want to take communion today before you leave, awesome. Please feel free to do so. If you'd like prayer, make your way forward where everybody else is making their way out. And third thing. Next week, we're not meeting here. We're meeting at Pavilion Park in Liberty Lake at 11 o'clock is when it starts. But if it's raining, plan B is to meet back here. Cool? Cool? Okay, okay. Just making sure I can't see you all because the lights are on. It's dark out there. I love you. God bless you guys. Hope to see you next week.